Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Potters, happy week nine. We are officially halfway through the NFL season. Sky here, rolling solo as I always do on Tuesdays, recapping the week eight action team by team, listing my ballers and stallers for the week. Make sure to email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Jerry Rice, Andre Reed, Chris Carter. I smoke all these fools. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Well, I'm the best corner of the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Your weak ass, get your weak ass off the field. Get your weak ass off the field. He could go all the way. Because I'm a winner. I'll always be a winner. And you'll always be a loser. The teams on by last week were the Atlanta Falcons, Los Angeles Chargers, Dallas Cowboys, and Tennessee Titans. Let's start Thursday night with the Miami Dolphins going to Houston and get shellacked by the Texans 42-23. to Deshaun Watson ties a career high with five touchdown passes, but unfortunately the Texans lose Will Fuller for the season with a torn ACL. On the Dolphins' side, Kenyon Drake has a nice game, 12 carries, 58 yards, a touchdown, another receiving touchdown that was actually thrown by Danny Amendola on a nice kind of a, a double pass, which was cool. Devontae Parker came out of nowhere, six catches, 134 on nine targets. Uh, Gay said that he was going to play Parker more often now that uh, he was a healthy scratch last week. Good thing we got him in there. Nobody played him, of course, but he had a nice game. This is definitely nice going forward. However, you should note that this is a big game with a very depleted Miami uh, receiving core. So if those guys start coming back, 
heads up, but Devontae Parker is clearly the best talent on the team there at the receiver position. Danny Amendola, as I mentioned, one pass for 28 yards, a touchdown to Drake, and five catches, 43 yards on six targets through the air. Frank Gore, a staller here, uh, 12 carries, 53 yards. I don't think people expect more than 53 yards from Frank Gore. I think that's a pretty good game from him. But I think after the big game two weeks ago with 100 yards, I think people were expecting more on a spot start. So if you started him, you were disappointed there. Brock Osweiler, just want to mention, uh, you know, didn't do anything droppable. If you have him on your team, don't start him. Uh, 241, no touchdowns at a pick. And Kenny Stills did not play in this game. On the Houston side, Deshaun Watson was on fire, just four incompletions, 16 for 20, 239 through the air, and those five touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins, business as usual, six catches, 82 yards, two touchdowns on seven targets. And Will Fuller was having a massive game before he tore his ACL, as I mentioned, and is now out for the season, unfortunately. But before that, five catches, 124 through the air, and a touchdown on six targets. Lamar Miller, another great game, 18 carries, 133 on the ground. And one touchdown, second game over 100 yards. So Lamar Miller and Adrian Peterson, which I'll get to in a little bit, having two back-to-back games. And I traded both those guys for uh, Julio Jones in a PPR league. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Jordan Thomas, a name to know at the tight end position. Again, every week I list pretty much anybody that scores at the tight end position just because there are names to watch at such a depleted position. But Jordan Thomas, tight end for the Houston Texans, four catches, 29 yards, and two touchdowns, so two short touchdowns. Uh, we could see more work for sure with Will Fuller being out. And Kiki QT did not play in this game, but he should have a huge boost with Will Fuller out for the rest of the season. So go pick up Kiki if, he, if he's still available. Hopping over the pond to London, Philadelphia Eagles take care of the Jacksonville Jaguars, 24-18. to 18. Carson Wentz has 115-plus passer rating in four straight games. He is healthy and well. For those Eagles, no real ballers uh, that went off, although Carson Wentz did have 286 and three touchdowns, uh, which was nice, but I, I just think we need to start seeing 300-yard games uh, from Wentz, but he just doesn't seem to do that. So he should be a baller, I suppose. He's been consistent. He's on fire. So, um, you know, no hate on Carson Wentz, but not exactly a huge game per se. Uh, Zach Ertz was kind of saved by a last uh, last second touchdown. Um, otherwise, four for 26 there on six targets. Jordan Matthews had a nice game, four catches, 93 yards on five targets, and Alshon Jeffrey. Nelson Aguilar, Smallwood, and Clement all were stallers here. Um, none of them did too much. Uh, neither receiver was over four receptions or 50 yards, and Smallwood and Clement had nothing to do in the backfield there against the Jaguars. On the Jags, no ballers on their side either. Blake Bortles, just one touchdown, uh, less than 300 yards. He did a 43 on the ground, but do not play Blake Bortles. This whole team is a mess right now. Yeldon, two carries, seven yards, but he did have 83 through the air and Carlos Hyde. I think everybody thought he was going to have a big day just as the uh, quote unquote bell cow filling in for Fournette off that trade from the Browns, but just six carries, 11 yards, and nothing through the air. More stallers for the Jacksonville Jaguars, much like every single week. The Jaguars receivers. No receiver had more than five catches or 54 yards. Um, Westbrook did score, but he had a very mild game other than that. And the Jaguars defense. One interception, one fumble recovery, four sacks, but 24 points against just seven points for the Jags. The entire Jags team is a mess. We'll talk about them more this week, but on offense, they're hurting, and on defense, they're hurting as well. So Jags are kind of falling apart here at the wrong time, middle of the season. Baltimore and Carolina. Carolina picks up a big win at home, 36-21 to over the Ravens. Cam Newton has two-plus touchdowns in six straight games. On the Ravens' side, Alex Collins has a nice game. 11 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown, uh, 14 more through the air. And Hayden Hurst, first NFL touchdown that was thrown actually by Lamar Jackson, which was his first NFL passing touchdown as well. He had his first rushing touchdown last week. Lamar Jackson did. This week he throws his first passing touchdown. Hayden Hurst, 29 yards, and that touchdown. Welcome to the NFL. Buck Allen starts the stallers here for the Ravens. Buck Allen, nothing on the ground. He did have a short uh, touchdown, which is kind of frustrating once again through the pass, uh, but not much from Buck Allen. Willie Sneed, five catches, 54 yards on 11 targets. He led the team in targets, but just five catches for 54 yards. John Brown, slow game, three catches on seven targets for just 28 yards. I was very surprised here. I thought he'd be able to get deep on this uh, secondary for Carolina, but not so much. Tucker, 
and the DST for Baltimore, also Stullers. Tucker, just three PATs. He made all of his kicks this week, but just three PATs, not even a field goal attempt. And the Baltimore defense, which I certainly started in a couple of leagues, had 36 points against negative four, negative four fantasy points. For the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton, 200 yards, well, 219 to be exact, two touchdowns, and another touchdown on the ground on 52 yards there. Uh, Kristen McCaffrey, 45 yards rushing and a touchdown and another touchdown receiving off of a deflection. He just happened to be in the right place at the right time, but just 11 yards otherwise outside of that touchdown. So McCaffrey, just 56 total uh, yards and two touchdowns in this game. Definitely worried about his production, although he does have a great schedule coming up, as we've mentioned. So we'll talk about him potentially again on the trade episode this week as well. So check out that on Saturday. DJ Moore had a nice game, 50 catches. Excuse me, sorry. 50 I'm just, five catches, 90 yards, six targets. Sorry, I'm reading my notes wrong here. Five catches, 90 yards on six targets. And Greg Olson, another touchdown, 56 yards and four targets there. Some stallers for the Panthers. Devin Funches after two nice games, just 27 yards on three targets. And just a note here, uh, not really a baller or a staller, but C.J. Anderson finally got some touches. Christian McCaffrey's had 100% of the touches the last couple of weeks, but C.J. Anderson had five carries for 20 yards. So nothing much, but just something to note if they're going to start spreading the work on Christian McCaffrey. Moving into Chicago, where the Bears take care of the Jets, 24-10. to 10. The Bears dominate with their running backs and without Khalil Mack. On the Jets side, no real ballers and some stallers. Once again, Isaiah Crowell, 13 carries, 25 yards, and Herndon, uh, who's been a streamer at the tight end position, did get a touchdown, so it's really all you're asking for with your tight ends, but just one catch for 16 yards, so keep an eye there. Nothing really going there for the Jets. On the Bears side, Trubisky stays relatively hot, 220, two touchdowns, and 51 yards on the ground. So he has a nice floor, much like Cam Newton. So Trubisky is definitely getting it done for fantasy owners. Tariq Cohen stays hot. Just 40 yards on the ground, but a 70-yard screen pass. This play was ridiculous. If you haven't seen the replay, go and check it out. Basically, the Jets called a blitz. Trubisky and you know Matt Nagy called a perfect play at the perfect time. Trubisky basically just floated it to him about three yards. Once Tariq Cohen caught it, there was nobody in the sights. He had an easy 70-yard sprint to the touchdown. Jordan Howard had a nice game. 22 carries, 81 yards. If he's getting 22 carries, I want to see more than 81 yards. But he did uh, fall into the end zone. So. Nice game for Jordan Howard. Nothing in the passing game, though, per usual. Anthony Miller had a nice game as well. A little toe-tap touchdown at the end of the game. 37 yards for Anthony Miller. Um, Allen Robinson sat out in this game, so if he's going to be doing that, and Taylor Gabriel, who I'll get to in a second, had just four catches for 52 yards. Not much there. Um, so if, if Miller is going to start replacing Taylor Gabriel, I think Miller's going to be a great pickup as well. I know I'm sitting on him in a bunch of PPR leagues at the depth of my bench, so... Keep an eye on Anthony Miller there. As I mentioned, Allen Robinson did not play. And the biggest staller uh, in this game for sure was Trey Burton. Just one catch, six yards on three targets. Yikes. I don't know what happened here. Um, he had a huge game last week, but he remains to be frustrating. So you have to start him every week, really, at the tight end position because you never know. But this is getting really, really frustrating here with Trey Burton. And the Chicago Bears defense, a staller, just one sack with a, without Khalil Mack. So they get the win, but... Uh, not much doing there without Khalil Mack, who sat in this game. The Cincinnati Bengals pull out a tight one with the Buccaneers 37-34 to on a last-minute uh, Randy Bullock field goal. And Jameis Winston was benched for the Buccaneers, replaced by Fitzmagic. And Joe Mixon had over 100 yards by half. So Fitzmagic did come in second half, three or I'm sorry, about fourth quarter. He was 11 for 15 with 194. He had a huge 72-yard bomb to Mike Evans, which is a huge chunk of that, but he had two touchdowns of his own. And Mike Evans, six catches, 179, that long 72-yard touchdown on 13 targets. So if Fitzmagic has been named the starter for this week, and I love Fitzmagic and Evans' connection, also Deshaun Jackson and Godwin. Uh, Fitz, as we know, for the first couple of games of the season, loves to chuck it. So I'm, I'm firing up all the receivers here for uh, Tampa Bay. Moving forward, we have Deshaun Jackson, who had a nice touchdown of his own, 68 yards, a touchdown on eight targets, and O.J. Howard got in the end zone as well, 68 yards. Um, likewise. Adam Humphreys had a nice game, seven catches, 76 yards on 10 targets, and Peyton Barber had a good game, 18 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown, nothing in the passing game. Stallers, uh, 
Jameis Winston, 18 for 35, 18 for 35, 276, one touchdown, but four picks. And he was benched, as I mentioned. Chris Godwin, just two catches, 32 yards on seven targets. I think that'll change with Fitzmagic and moving forward in general. And Ronald Jones did play a handful of snaps early, but he got hurt as well and left the game. Uh, you'll hear more on that uh, with our news and notes segment on Saturday. For the Bengals side, Andy Dalton, 280 and two touchdowns, nice streaming option. And Joe Mixon was on fire in this game. 21 carries, 123 on the ground, two touchdowns, another 15 yards on four targets through the air. He could have had a lot more, but they were kind of shutting him down um, as the game was starting to pull away before Fitzmagic made a comeback, and Mark Walton was starting to get some work there. So not worried about Mixon. He could have had a much bigger game. And Tyler Boyd, nine catches, 138 and a touchdown on 10 targets. Boyd is a beast, and A.J. Green as well, five catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. That Cincinnati defense showed up as well. They had a touchdown, four interceptions, six sacks, 34 points against, but they did get you 12 points still. Randy Bullock, as I mentioned, shout out to the kickers, game-winning field goal. And Uzoma had uh, no catches in this game, so diff disappointing for sure. So if you played Uzoma versus Trey Burton, you got away with it. Otherwise, you're probably disappointed with those two guys. Moving into Detroit, <clears throat> where Seattle Seattle comes off a bye and rips up the Lions, really, 28-14. to 14. The Seattle Seahawks have 150-plus rushing yards for the fourth straight game. So they're starting to find their identity once again that Pete Carroll loves. So go get your hands on uh, Chris Carson if you can. Uh, he's not going to be under waivers at this point, but maybe he's a low kind of trade target at this point. So you can go maybe scoop him up. Uh, Russie will put up just 17 attempts, 14 for 17. So very efficient, but just 17 attempts, 248, and he got his three touchdowns. So not the huge numbers, but he's getting it done with the fantasy points. So we'll be uh, we'll be wrapping with Daniel on that this week. But he is definitely playing better. I gotta I gotta eat crow when it's necessary. So shout out to Russie Will, um, Chris Carson, twenty five carries once again. So that huge workload, one hundred five and a touchdown. Mike Davis also had ten carries for thirty three yards. So they had thirty five rush attempts in this game for one hundred thirty eight yards and a touchdown. So the Seattle Seahawks are liking to run the game run. Uh, the ball when they can, and they have a plus matchup. And of course, the Lions were without Snacks Harrison now, who is uh, in New York. So David Moore catches a touchdown as well, four catches. Excuse me, four catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown on four targets. And Ed Dixon, two catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown as well on two targets. So Ed Dixon, who's been hurt for quite a bit, uh, really the last handful of seasons, <laughs> comes out of nowhere, catches a touchdown there. So keep an eye on Ed Dixon for sure. Tyler Lockett, uh, Stoller, and Doug Baldwin as well. Tyler Lockett, two catches, 34 yards. He did get a touchdown, but it was a short one. So just, uh, let's see, five plus six, so 11 PPR points, not what you're looking for for Tyler Lockett. And Doug Baldwin just Four fantasy points, uh, two catches, 26 yards from Doug Baldwin. Doesn't really make sense there. On the Detroit side, Sam, or I'm just, excuse me, uh, Matt Stafford, 310 and two touchdowns and a pick. Marvin Jones Jr. had a huge game, seven catches, 117, two touchdowns on 10 targets. He had two red zone uh, targets, and he capitalized on both of them for two touchdowns. So I've been telling Curly to stay patient with Marvin Jones, and I think everyone else should stay patient with Marvin Jones as well. He had a good game this week, and I think that's going to continue here. Uh, he leads the team and really is in the league tops with uh, red zone targets. So I just think he and Stafford need to connect. And there are some trade rumors for sure that might even drop. Um, the trade deadline is today, and uh, I'm recording this early. So there are a handful of uh, players in here that may be uh, you know, dispersed by the time this drops. But this is a recap episode anyway. But what I'm bringing up is Golden Tate has been – uh, mentioned numerous times here with numerous teams. So if he leaves Detroit, I think uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are going to blow up. Carry on Johnson as well. Eight carries, 22 yards, and six catches, 69 yards, and eight targets. Tate on his part, seven catches, 50 yards on 12 targets. So he's still a beast, and he'll uh, possibly be shipping out of Detroit. And if he does, once again, I think Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay will have a huge Uprising. Kenny Galladay in this game, though, just one catch for 12 yards. I don't know what that was about. One catch for 12 yards, one target. And Matt Prater, the kicker, who let me down for sure, just two PATs in this game. Moving on to Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City escapes 
um, in Arrowhead, but it was a great game once again by Denver. Denver's played them really well. Uh, Denver's really played them the best uh, of any team this year, and they've played them well twice. Kansas City wins 30-23. to 23. Kansas City wins their seventh straight over Denver, and Mahomes stays hot. For Mahomes, 303 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Sammy Watkins had a big game filling in late for Tyreek Hill, who left the game with a groin injury. We'll have more on that on Saturday. Sammy Watkins, eight catches, 107, two touchdowns on nine targets. Travis Kelsey, six catches, 79 yards, a touchdown on 10 targets. And Kareem Hunt, beasting, 16 carries, 50 yards on the ground, and five catches, 36 yards, and one of the best uh, <laughs> kind of hurdle uh, truck stick, if you play Madden, uh, I've ever seen in person. So check out his highlight where he kind of he hurdles a dude and then trucks his way in about another five yards into the end zone. Um, so Kareem. Kareem Hunt is getting hot, and he is—he's uh, on fire right now. Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill, as I mentioned, um, unfortunately left the game with a strained groin. You'll have more on that on Saturday. Uh, the report yet has not come out, so we're not really sure at the time of this recording. But I'm sure we'll know more. And unfortunately, he might miss a couple of weeks if he does. Sammy Watkins is going to be a huge plus there. Uh, Tyreek Hill was uh, 70 yards on three catches before he left, so that was too bad. For the Denver Broncos, Case Keenum, a decent streaming option, 262, two touchdowns and one pick. Phillip Lindsay, 18 carries, 95 yards and a touchdown, 17 more through the air. And uh, Devontae Booker has a nice um, fill-in for Royce Freeman, who was out this game, nine carries, 78 yards, and 23 more on the ground. So this could definitely remain a, a committee backfield and if Booker is able to step up like he did in this game um, then Philip Lindsay is not going to necessarily be that bell cow I thought he was going to be Cortland Sutton stays hot three catches 78 yards and four targets he's just so good there's more rumors as well that uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas could be traded either or um, so again if one of those guys leave Cortland Sutton explodes as well so go uh, you know I mean the trade deadlines today and waivers run you know, tonight into tomorrow. So you're not really going to have a jump on anybody, but keep an eye on this in case these, these guys are free. And I would certainly put a waiver claim in for um, guys like uh, Cortland Sutton, um, who may not be fully owned in your leagues yet. So keep an eye there. Uh, for um, Hireman, he did have a four-yard touchdown. It was a short TD, but nothing else there. So he definitely stalled out. Sanders stalled out and, and Demarius Thomas stalled out as well. Uh, just 40, 57 yards for Sanders, 30 yards for Demarius Thomas. And Tim Patrick had a 13-yard um, – excuse me, he had 13 yards rushing, and he had a 24-yard uh, nice touchdown in the back of the end zone. So this could be a name to monitor if Sanders or DT get traded. So Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are definitely names to know in Denver just in case. Moving into New Jersey where the New York football giants host – the Washington Redskins and go down once again and fall to one and seven. Washington beats the Giants twenty to thirteen and moves to five and two, which is their best start since two thousand eight. For the Redskins, Adrian Peterson really the the lone baller. Twenty six carries, one fifty nine and a touchdown. He had another seven yard run, uh, score as well. Uh, through the air um, on a nice little dump pass. So AP looks really great. He got a huge chunk, a 60-plus yard touchdown at the very end of the game running out the clock. So his numbers certainly would have been a lot smaller. But that's AP, man. You you run him and run him and run him, and, and garbage time in fantasy certainly counts. So he scored a huge, long 60-yard touchdown in, in garbage time running out the clock, but it counts. So AP has a huge game. Over 150 total yards and two touchdowns. Jordan Reed leads the Stallers here. Uh, Chris Thompson as well. Jordan Reed, seven catches, 38 yards on 12 targets. So not really connecting here with uh, Alex Smith just yet. And Chris Thompson, um, just 13 yards on the ground and nine through the air. And he suffered a rib injury. So keep an eye on this on Saturday as they play the Atlanta Falcons next week. And if Chris Thompson is in, I think he's a, he's a must start for sure. And I think he can capitalize against the Falcons who are notorious now for being destroyed through the air by running backs. However, if Chris Thompson does not play, I think Capri Bibbs would be a nice pickup as well if you're uh, if you're hurting at running backs with six teams on a bye. For the New York Giants, Odell, business as usual. Man, he's so good. Damn, they just need to get him the ball somehow. Eight 
catches 136 on 11 targets. There's talks that he could move. There's talks that Eli could be benched. Um, there's talks that, you know, I had a prediction that I put on our Instagram and I've been saying on the podcast, I think Derek Carr could potentially go. Again, we're saying all this stuff. You're probably going to listen to this episode after everything actually happens, but I'm recording ahead of time. So I just want to put them down here with my thoughts. But anyway, um, if there's a positive QB change uh, going on for um, New York, I think that's only going to help Odell Beckham, but he's an absolute animal. Uh, the stallers on this side, Eli, if you were playing him, uh, three sixteen through the air, but just one touchdown, two picks. And Barkley, who had 100 total yards, um, but again, just 38 rushing yards. He gets all of his production really through the air. So I guess, you know, in fantasy world, you don't care how he gets it. And especially in PPR leagues, he had 16 points, um, 19 points uh, total, but 16 points just through the air there on 10 targets. So Barkley's getting his numbers in fantasy land, but I'm definitely concerned with 13 carries for 38 yards, and he seems to have sub 50, 60 yards on the ground every game. So if any team can actually bottle him up through the air, he's going to have um, potentially a rough game on the ground. So keep an eye there. Saquon's a beast, but just keep an eye on that. Evan Ingram, five catches, 25 yards, a nice touchdown. He kind of caught the touchdown on a, on a nice little curl route and turned around immediately to stick it over the corner there. Very heads-up aware play by Evan Ingram there. Nine targets for him, so that was good to see. And Sterling Shepard back to earth now that Evan Ingram's back. Four catches, 34 yards on eight targets. Moving into Pittsburgh, <clears throat> where Pittsburgh takes care of Cleveland, 33-18, to 18. James Conner has two-plus rushing touchdowns in three straight games, which is the first Pittsburgh running back in history to do so. Two or more touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, two or more rushing touchdowns in three straight games. James Conner in the Pittsburgh Steelers record books. Of course, you've probably heard by now, but if you haven't, Monday, the – Cleveland Browns fired both head coach Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Looks like Kitchens, their running backs coach, will be the interim offensive coordinator. And um, they are making a lot of changes here uh, with the Browns. And unfortunately, um, I'm not sure that it's going to help the team. But uh, we shall see what happens here with Baker. I'm definitely worried about Baker. I'm definitely worried about this offense in general. Callaway was the only baller that I put up with five catches, 36 yards, a touchdown on six targets. And Baker, for his part, 180, two touchdowns and one pick. Jarvis Landry, eight catches, 39 yards on 12 targets. And set the valve, caught a touchdown here for uh, 28 yards and a touchdown for set the valve. But just kind of a weird distribution here. If, if Landry and Baker could get a little more on the same page, I think they will uh, be doing much, much better. And D Duke Johnson didn't really do much in this game. He had nothing to do on the ground, literally no yards, and he had 16 through the air. So I'm definitely concerned there. And uh, David Njoku had no catches as well, unfortunately. Moving on to Pittsburgh, James Conner, as I mentioned, uh, beasted out once again. 24 carries, 146, and two touchdowns on the ground, and five catches, 66 yards, and six targets through the air. And Antonio Brown, <clears throat> six catches, 74 yards, and two touchdowns on eight targets. One of them was a nice little floater from Ben for 40 yards, where he just he was going to dump it down right over the middle to Juju for about a five-yard gain, but he saw A.B. get loose, and he chucked it up for a 40-yard touchdown. So Ben and Antonio are always on the same page there, which is nice. So they're definitely connecting. They were a little off to begin the season, but they're looking good now. And Big Ben, um, a bit of a staller, great streaming option, but certainly not a a home Ben game you might expect with 303 potentially. So 257, two touchdowns and a pick. And Juju, um, not a good game here. Four catches, 33 yards on six targets. And Vance McDonald, uh, three catches for 47 yards and three targets. And I realized here that I actually skimmed over Nick Chubb. Apologies there for the Browns. Nick Chubb had 18 carries, 65 yards, and another 10 yards on three targets there. So keep an eye on the Browns moving forward. There's a lot of moving parts um, with what they have going on. And like I said, the trade deadline being today, there's a lot uh, still to move potentially with the Browns who seem to be cleaning house, but also just kind of rebuilding for the future there. The Colts and the Raiders uh, were in kind of an exciting game, actually, which was surprising. The Colts 
pull away 42 to 28 over the Raiders. Vinatieri becomes the all-time scoring leader, passing Morton Anderson with 2,550 career points. 2,550 career points for Adam Vinatieri. Congratulations. For the Colts, Andrew Luck, three touchdowns, 239 through the air. And Marlon Mack, 25 carries, 132 and two touchdowns, another 17 uh, yards through the air. Marlon Mack is beasting out. Jack Doyle returns for the first game since week two. Played very well. Six catches, 70 yards, two, uh, one touchdown, excuse me, on seven targets. And Mo Alley Cox, another tight end, had one catch for 26 yards on his target. And Dontrell Inman, who was in uh, San Diego for many years on the Chargers, is now with the Colts and caught six catches, 52 yards on seven targets there. And as I mentioned, shout out to Adam Vinatieri. The stallers for the Colts, Eric Ebron, um, who's been absolutely on fire. He's been the number, you know, a top three to five tight end all season here with Doyle out. But Doyle is back. He, Ebron did get a touchdown here, but just three targets, three catches, 37 yards. So worried about Ebron going forward for sure. And Naheem Hines, 78 yards on the ground, which was nice. He got 11 rushes here, but just two catches through the air. So. Kind of unconventional usage of Hines, but really the uh, the culture were just able to run all over the uh, Raiders here for 200-plus total yards. So um, shout-out to the run game for the Colts. And T.Y. Hilton, staller for sure, just one catch, 34 yards on five targets. And Chester Rogers, if you're still starting him, no yards, uh, no catches on one target. So surprising there from the uh, receiving options for the Colts at the at the receiver position and the running back position because all of Luck's touchdowns, all three went to tight ends, Doyle, Mo, Ali Cox, and Ebron. For the Raiders, Derek Carr, uh, 244 and three touchdowns, plus he had a Breeze-esque rushing touchdown where he just kind of like snapped the ball and, and hopped over the uh, goal line there for his first rushing touchdown of the season. Jared Cook, Stays the best option there for the Raiders. Four catches on five targets, 74 yards, and a touchdown. And Brandon LaFell and uh, Roberts also each scored a touchdown for the Raiders. Not a huge stat line, but just names to know, I guess, as they're cleaning house. And, of course, this is the first game without Amari Cooper. <clears throat> uh, Jalen Richard was certainly disappointed here and stalled out, as well as Doug Martin and Jordy Nelson. Jalen Richard. Uh, had two carries, 14 yards. He didn't have eight catches for 50 yards, a bunch of dump downs at the end of the game, but not much um, other than that. And Doug Martin had 13 carries, 72 yards, and two catches for 17 yards. So they're definitely going to be splitting that. They're, they're pretty much right down the middle with effectiveness there. Uh, Martin should be the early down back. Jalen Richard should be the pass catching back there. I think we knew that moving forward, but they'll certainly be splitting time. And Jordy Nelson, uh, unfortunately, not doing much here. We thought there would be a bigger game from him with uh, with Amari leaving town, but not so much. Uh, just one catch on 14 yards and five targets there. Moving forward to Arizona, Arizona and the uh, <laughs> Niners put into a dogfight here. Neither team had even scored a touchdown until late in the third quarter. The um, Arizona Cardinals score 15 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to win and beat the Niners 18 to 15. This is a rough game. Niners, no ballers. Uh, some stallers though, uh, CJ Beathard, 190 and a touchdown. If you were, if you were uh, streaming him, um, just to mention here that Kendrick Bourne, I guess he could be the lone staller or lone baller for the uh, 49ers. Kendrick Bourne, seven catches, 71 yards on 10 targets. So really he was the number one receiver here in this game. That might have been the Patrick Peterson effect, who was on Goodwin. Goodwin did break away for a 55-yard touchdown on kind of a slant over the middle that he took to the house, very kind of Odell-esque, but um, not looking good, uh, unfortunately, for the um, Niners with a depleted receiving core. So they might be moving Garcon today as well, and if they do that, they might be filling somebody, maybe like a Golden Tate. I'm not really sure. We'll see what happens there. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders, something like that. So keep an eye on the Niners. And George Kittle, uh, five catches, 57 yards on eight targets. Brita, Mostert, and Alfred Morris all kind of ate each other. Uh, nobody, well, Brita had 16 carries, but nobody had more than 40 yards 
on the ground and nobody had anything through the air, which is very unusual. Not really sure what that was about, but literally no production by the running backs for the 49ers through the air. And Garcon did not play, but I think a lot of people are um, just kind of chalking that up to the fact that he is basically being held uh, for safety <laughs> so they can trade him and he didn't get hurt. So keep an eye on Garcon moving forward. For the Cardinals, Josh Rosen, 252 and two touchdowns and a pick. Maybe a reasonable streaming option moving forward if Leftwich actually gets this thing going. They certainly look promising at times. And like I said, had a nice uh, second half there against the Niners. So after a couple of games, Leftwich could get this thing moving. And if they can get things moving like um, – Arians used to, then I think Rosen could be solid maybe down the stretch and certainly a, uh, you know, deep QB2 uh, streamer for next season for sure. So keep an eye on his production. Larry Fitzgerald, shout out to the GOAT, um, at least, you know, on the team for sure. Uh, but basically he had a, you know, what seems to be a career day, but uh, really it was just kind of a flashback a few years ago. Eight catches, 102 through the air, and a touchdown on 12 targets. So Leftwich said that he was going to get him involved, and he certainly did, which is great to see. Larry also had a two-point conversion. David Johnson, 16 carries, 59 yards, and another 41 through the air. 100 total yards, which looked really good for uh, David Johnson. So we'll see what happens here with uh, Leftwich, Fitzgerald, and Johnson. Um, Christian Kirk had a nice game, 42 yards and a touchdown. And the lone staller here for the Cardinals, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, just two catches, 12 yards on four targets. Moving in to Los Angeles, where the Rams and the Packers had a great game. The Rams moved to 8-0 and after beating the Packers 29-27. to They moved to 8-0 and for the first time since the merger. Man, this game was rough. I watched all of this game. And you just thought at the end that the Rams were starting to kind of get hot, but the Packers defense played out of their mind this entire game and really stymied the Rams for, you know, the first three and a half quarters. The Packers offense finally picked it up late. You just knew that uh, once the Rams went down and uh, scored that the Packers would get the ball back. They had two minutes left. They were down by a field goal. Actually a field goal would have won it. Kick off to Ty Montgomery. Um, he should have stayed in the end zone for a touchback, full two minutes, Rodgers 80 yards, no problem, seen him doing 100 times. But he comes out, tries to make a play, fumbles, the Rams get the ball. The rest is history. I'm sure you've heard about the Gurley situation. I'm not going to talk about that because everyone else has. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out Matt Berry's rant about Todd Gurley and fantasy owners. I totally agree with Matt Berry. If you're concerned or upset about Gurley downing the ball instead of scoring a uh, you know a, another touchdown, you're not paying attention here. So shout out to Gurley for uh, for doing the right move for his team. For the Green Bay side, though, uh, Devontae Adams, five catches, 133 through the air on seven targets. So a big day for Devontae Adams. Was able to skip loose a couple of times there. Aaron Jones finally broke out here, 33-yard touchdown, which is really great, 86 yards total. I think that Aaron Jones will be the uh, big back. I know we keep saying it every single week, but it really was nice to see him against a good defense, do what he did. Um, Jamal Williams just had uh, four carries for nine yards. He did have a touchdown. It was a short one and uh, 40 yards through the air. Um, but Ty Montgomery, like I said, fumbled away the kickoff with two minutes left, not really leaving a chance for possible Rodgers magic. I think that's going to come and bite him in general because apparently there was word out of Green Bay that they had talked about that uh, preseason or before the game that in that situation he would take a knee basically uh, in the end zone, and he didn't. He cost his team potentially a win there. So I think he might be in the doghouse. And so I see Aaron Jones really uh, getting the, the lion's share of the work, hopefully. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scanling had another nice game. He did have a touchdown, 45 yards there. And on the Staller side, I got to throw Rodgers in only because he had less than 300 yards and a touchdown, which is no shabby game. But And Rodgers, um, uh, with Rod, Rodgers' pedigree, you're expecting 300 yards or two to three touchdowns. He had neither in this game. Although, if he scores an 80-yard drive with another touchdown, his numbers look much better. So we will never know. Uh, Randall Cobb comes back in. He does play a full game, uh, but just uh, four catches for 40 yards. Uh, Geronimo Allison also uh, just a couple catches for 20 plus yards there. So not much from those guys coming off of the 
couple week layoff there. Jimmy Graham, one catch, 21 yards on four targets. So there's there again, didn't get his touchdown, which I was mentioning. He's had some really great games. He's had that chemistry. But if he doesn't get that touchdown, he's probably not going to get the yardage. So careful on Jimmy Graham, but you're probably firing him up every single week. For the Rams, Jared Goff, 295 and three touchdowns. Todd Gurley, best in the game right now. 25 carries, 114. Six carries, 81 yards, a touchdown on seven targets. And of course, if you don't know what I'm talking about, but the Gurley play, I'm sure you'll find it on SportsCenter, ESPN, uh, Fantasy, whatever you'll you'll hear about it. But um, really, a uh, selfless act uh, by Gurley to help out his team, but a bunch of uh, fantasy owners created quite the uproar because he could have easily scored another touchdown late at the game, but he did not. He decided to down it inside the five so that the Rams could run off the clock. So good NFL play, not a good fantasy play. Josh Reynolds, sound the alarm, sound the alarm for Josh Reynolds. Two touchdowns filling in for Cooper Cup, three catches, 42 yards, and two touchdowns on five targets. So big up Josh Reynolds. It looks like Cooper Cup is in line to come back this week, but Keep an eye on Josh Reynolds if you have one of these Rams receivers. Uh, one of those guys go down. Josh Reynolds is the truth. I'm still sticking with him. Some stallers, at least for the, their pedigree, uh, Robert Woods, five catches, 70 yards on seven targets, and um, Brandon Cook, 74 yards on three catches on eight targets. And once again, Cooper Cup did not play. Sunday Night Football was a great game. The Saints go into Minnesota and get revenge 30-20 to 20 over the Vikings. Adam Thielen. Um, sets an NFL record for consecutive games with eight to start a season with 100 receiving yards in eight consecutive games to start a season. And he's tied with Megatron, Calvin Johnson, for most consecutive 100-yard games at any point during a season. So if Thielen is able to get 100 yards next week, he will be uh, the official um, NFL uh, leader standing alone with nine consecutive uh, games at any point during a season with 100 receiving yards or more. Dude is absolutely insane. Uh, Adam Thielen had three or seven catches, 103 yards. So he just got it, and he caught a touchdown as well. So this was very late in the game, but I think they threw it to him basically to <laughs> keep his 100 yards. Um, but Thielen did catch a touchdown late, and he did get 103 yards. So just over the mark there. Cousins, 359, two touchdowns and a pick. Stephon Diggs out-targeted Thielen once again, which has been pretty common this season. 10 catches, 119, and one touchdown on 11 targets for, for Stephon Diggs. People are just sleeping on Diggs, man. I, I feel like the fantasy uh, community is so th caught up in Thielen, which they should be. He's absolutely incredible. But this might be an opportunity. I'm telling you, you've got like a week or two left to buy Diggs. Go get him. He's beasting up. He's getting more targets. He's doing what he can. When teams start to figure it out and they shut down Thielen for some reason, Diggs may be able to go nuts. Latavius Murray filling in for Dalvin Cook once again. 13 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown, and another 39 yards through the air. Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Staller game here, four catches, 39 yards, and Dan Bailey, uh, two of three from PAT, so no field goals. And it was two of three, he missed a PAT. For the Saints side, Camara, business as usual, 13 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown, seven catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets through the air. Michael Thomas, Ingram, Breeze, Traquan Smith, and Ben Watson, all stallers, at least to uh, their ma the magnitude we're used to from them. Michael Thomas started off super hot in this game, but was tamed in the second half. Five catches, 81 yards on six targets. Um, Mark Ingram, 13 carries, 63 yards, another 29 through the air. And Drew Brees, just 120 and a touchdown and a pick. First pick of the uh, season for Brees and just 120 through the air on one touchdown, which is to Kamara. He threw another swing pass to Kamara, uh, which is probably about a 15, 20-yard gain. Kamara was basically – I thought he was in, frankly, but the uh, Saints were were hustling to get back onto the ball, so they didn't actually challenge the play. Um, and uh, Kamara actually ended up running it in over the top. So if you're a Kamara owner, you got that uh, touchdown anyway. But if you're a Breeze owner, uh, which I am with Breeze and Kamara, um, it ended up uh, nullifying a Breeze touchdown potentially so interesting there but frankly i mean the saints just don't need breeze sometimes and when they don't <laughs> they're here to win games not to satisfy us so if breeze needs to throw for 120 yards and just one touchdown but the saints still beat arguably you know one of the best teams and contenders in the league in the vikings they're definitely going to do that uh Traquan smith i thought was going to have a bigger game here um with uh with gin being out and 
Tracon getting more opportunities here. Looks like Meredith is not exactly uh, a threat anymore to Traquan Smith. So I thought there was going to be a bigger game here for him, but not so much. Just three catches, 18 yards on four targets. And Ben Watson, no catches here at all. Moving on to the last game of the day or of the weekend, really. Uh, last night, the New England Patriots ups, uh, upend the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo 25-6. to but the Patriots really escaped in Buffalo, frankly, with the game ceiling pick six late in the fourth quarter, which was their first defensive touchdown since 1985. 1985 was the last time that the uh, Patriots had a defensive touchdown, which was extremely surprising. Now, um, if you watch this game, this was much, much closer than the score uh, tells you um, at halftime it was nine to six, and really the Patriots didn't turn it on until late, and it wasn't until that pick six that they really um, separated. If the Bills had any offense at all, any offense at all, I think they would have beat the Patriots. Um, this was a trap game for the Patriots. It's a hostile environment up there in, in a Buffalo, and uh, those fans really just deserve better. Man, um, the Buffalo Bills hosted their first Monday Night Football game in ten years. And uh, really, they had a chance. They just have negative offense, unfortunately. But the Buffalo defense was absolutely incredible. Um, I'll just start with them, actually. The Buffalo defense was uh, one of my ballers here for the Buffalo side. Um, they they just – unfortunately, they, they only had one fantasy point. So in fantasy world, they didn't do so well. But they played extremely well. Um, they shut down Gronk. Uh, they shut down Gordon. They shut down uh, Hogan. Kenyon Barner didn't do anything. Um, Brady didn't do anything, which we'll get to in a second. So uh, they did a very, very good job here, the Buffalo Bills. And staying with Buffalo, uh, Shady McCoy had a decent game. He had just 13 yards on 12 carries, but he had 82 through the air on six catches. And Zay Jones had 55 yards on six catches and uh, on eight targets. Uh, the rest of the team were <clears throat> basically stallers. So Kellen Benjamin, um, you know, Again, if you're starting him, I don't know what to tell you. And Charles Clay, I think, would be another name. Derek Anderson, those guys didn't do anything here in this game, unfortunately, because the Bills, again, could have had a chance. But enough about the Bills. The New England Patriots, uh, James White. James White, another huge game. Just 15 yards on the ground. He did have a rushing touchdown, but he had 10 catches on 13 targets and 79 yards through the air. So James White cannot be stopped. And Julian Edelman. Filled in really nicely over the middle when Gronk was getting shut down. Nine catches, 104 on 10 targets for Julian Edelman. And again, the Stallers here, at least for you know their numbers usually. Brady threw for 324, but no touchdowns. He didn't need to. 324, but no touchdowns for Brady. Gronkowski, just three catches, 43 yards on eight targets. Josh Gordon, four catches, 42 yards on six targets. And Chris Hogan, two catches, 49 yards on two targets. Kenyon Barner was a big waiver pickup. A lot of people thought, including me really, that he was going to fill in for that Sony Michelle role. Um, Sony Michelle was, uh, was out for this game, but a lot, a lot of the uh, industry folks thought that Kenyon Barner was going to be the one to spell him, but that was not the case. Kenyon Barner had just two catches, uh, two carries for four yards, and he was really just straight up ghosted. He didn't even play anything. He had just those two touches. And uh, Cordero Patterson, actually the receiver, uh, filled in as the running back um, with 10 carries. He actually did a pretty decent job, but it was <laughs> kind of crazy to watch him go through the hole with nice speed, but find one of those linebackers and get blown up about six times. So I don't think they'll be doing that very often, but in a pinch, I think they uh, just had to fill it up there. They didn't think that Kenyon was going to be the guy, so he wasn't. But uh, uh, Edelman got some carries. Brady had a nice run. Um, they had uh, some end arounds in this game. Kenyon Barner had a couple carries. James White had some carries. So uh, Cordero Patterson, as I mentioned. So they were really just uh, passing it out to whoever would run the ball here for the Patriots. And a quick note here uh, that I had a. Uh, just been um, noticed here that I had skipped over as well. Greg Williams was the uh, was named the interim head coach for the Cleveland Browns for the time being. Now, of course, if you remember Greg Williams from his days out in uh, New Orleans many years ago, he was actually kicked out of the league for Bounty Gate, um, which was essentially headhunting players. So he was instructing his players on the Saints defense to straight up like headhunt players, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and um, 
he had some crazy, like super mortifying quote or something that he was busted on. That was something to the effect of, um, if you kill, you know, if you kill the, the mind, the body dies or something like that, but just something really terrifying. But anyway, this clown is getting another opportunity and leave it to the Browns to give him a uh, second, third chance. He also coached with the Bills and uh, many other teams as well, but looks like Greg Williams will be the head coach for the Browns for the time being. So moving on, before we get out of here, we will uh, let you know about the top performers at each position, starting with the quarterback, Watson, Cam, Carr, Goff, and Mahomes for the running backs, James Conner, Gurley, Mack, Mixon, Kamara, Peterson, James White. Receivers, Marvin Jones, Watkins, Evans, Boyd, Diggs, Fitz, Hopkins, and A.B. At the tight end position, Kelsey, Doyle, Jordan Thomas of Houston. Once again, keep an eye on him. Jared Cook, O.J. Howard, and Greg Olson. DSTs, New England, Washington, Cincinnati, New Orleans, and Seattle. And for the kickers, Lambo, Lutz, Gano, Goskowski, Sanders, Crosby, and Vinatieri. Last note here, this week's team on by, we have six teams. Six teams this week and in two weeks, so keep an eye up here. This week's buys are the Cincinnati Bengals, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, Arizona Cardinals, Philadelphia Eagles, and the New York Giants. Once again, Bengals, Colts, Jags, Cardinals, Eagles, Giants. That'll do it for the week eight recap. We moved our news and notes segment to Saturdays, so there will be no episode tomorrow, at least for the news and notes. We'll, we'll give you some breaking news if we get it. But uh, from the trade deadline, but on Saturday, Daniel will be reporting the week eight news and notes and looking ahead to player updates affecting week nine. Remember to email us your start, sit, keep trade, cut questions to tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod. Make sure to follow our IG stories throughout the weekend, Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night for game day updates. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck in week nine. And for Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.